Bom dia, boa tarde. Welcome to another short news flash podcast from PortugueseSoccer.com. My name is John Neves. I hope you're all doing well. Recording this episode on the evening of Friday, July the 10th. Lots to talk about. First topic uh, I want to talk about is the Liga Noz. Uh, one match left for week round 31. And then, of course, Sunday there will be an off day. And then Monday... Uh, week round 32 starts, and it's a very interesting uh, week round uh, 32 to be coming up. First off, uh, Porto needs one point, whether they earn a point or Benfica loses, to win the Liga Noz title. Uh will be the last time someone says that because uh, the Noz is no longer going to be a sponsor after this season. But Porto is in the driver's seat and need one more point to win the Liga title. Um, and, of course, they have an opportunity to do that on Wednesday. But it could happen as early as Tuesday night. Benfica playing at home against Vitoria Guimarães. Not going to be an easy match. Benfica has not had an easy schedule thus far. And Vitoria Guimarães, of course, battling for that fifth place, hoping to play in Europa next season, as they, of course, did this past season. But Benfica is also playing with the pressure of winning so that People up north do not celebrate on Tuesday night. Uh, Verissimo off to a one win and one draw start. But right now these days, um, and I'll talk about it in a few minutes, uh, a lot of people not happy with Benfica. A lot of talk about JJ, which again, I'll talk about in a minute. Uh, Porto, of course, uh, the first derby post uh, since we've resumed play. Um, and it's going to be weird. To see a, uh, two of the big three, in this case, Porto and Sporting on Wednesday night, uh, playing in front of an empty house. Uh, from what I've seen so far on television, unlike Benfica, Porto does not play the sort of supporters uh, sound. Uh, pretty much you could hear the players on the pitch, at least on my television. Um, but uh, it's going to be strange. It's going to be strange to see a big three match, a Clásico played without any fans. But Porto does have an opportunity. depends on what happens Tuesday or if they are in control and they grab a point on Wednesday to win the Liga title. With that, of course, they automatically qualify for the Champions League group stage. That also means they automatically get a check for over 40 million euros, which is the prize for qualifying for the Champions League group stage. Porto, as we all know, has had some documented um, financial issues with the finances, so that is money that is going to be welcomed with opened arms um, if they do, in fact, manage to get it done this week. But they are certainly in the driver's seat with three matches uh, to go. Um, and, you know, when you look at what's happened toward the final stretch of the Liga North season, um, you have to wonder um, what happened at Benfica. Um, you know, although Verissimo has managed to put together two, you know, decent results. Um, when you look at Bruno Lage, how well it started and how well it ended, um, you just kind of shake your head wondering what happened behind the scenes in Seychelles, what happened in the Luge, because Benfica in the last 12, 13, 14 matches has not been the same team that they were at the beginning of the season. And it's just been uh, pretty amazing to see how they have uh, dropped. And, you know, I mentioned this in one of my past podcasts that 
when we were coming back to resuming play, I said that the team that finishes the strongest, the team that finishes with the hottest, uh, playing the best, was going to win. And when you look at Porto, last six matches, they've only given up one goal. Benfica's defense, as we all know, has had some problems, especially in that match against Santa Clara. And I think pretty much that tells uh, the whole story. Um, Porto pretty much running away with it uh, with an eight-point lead and Benfica, you know, struggling. And, of course, um, the Benfica future right now is going to be about whether or not who's, you know, who's going to be their next manager. And, of course, all the talk has basically been about Georges Jesus, which I'm going to refer to as uh, JJ, um, the newspapers, of course. A lot of them have said that there has been discussions. A source that I know and that I respect a lot and trust says it's already a done deal. Um, but uh, when you look at the newspapers, there's a lot of talk right now, and it's going to be very curious to see what, in fact, does happen. Now, because this is such a big topic, let's break down the good and the bad of it, the pros and the cons. And we'll start with the cons. Number one, JJ is not going to be welcomed back by all Benfica fans. A lot of people still remember what he did to them back in June of 2015 when he left Crosstown to go to Sporting. Um, he's also going back to a Benfica team that does not have the same financial resources as to when he was there and they had the third-party system. Now, I'm not advocating, again, the third-party system. I'm just saying during that time when he was there, it really made Benfica stronger, and he had a lot better players than they do have now. He went to back-to-back Europas. Um, so, you know, that's going to be a challenge, even though Luis Felipe Vieira has basically said he'll give him the resources. You got to wonder how much that will be because we're in a pandemic. Economics right now, we're not very good. Even though they sold Juan Felix for as much as they did last summer for over $120 million, there's nothing like that going to happen this summer with the players unless someone spends a lot of money on Ruben Diaz, which is possible. But he's basically also going back to a team that is not as strong as the team that he left when he left in 2015. So he's got a lot of work to do. The pros, the positives of coming back, number one, he comes back home to Portugal. That always tugs at people's hearts. Number two, he knows the Liga Portugal. He knows the Liga Nós. Last time, of course, I'll probably be saying it. He knows uh, the Liga. He knows the stadiums. He knows about the Taça de Portugal when he goes to play in these small clubs because he has, for many years as a manager, learned how to become the manager he is by managing all these years in Portugal. So he gets to come back to that. He's also going back to a team that, you know, if you ever read some of the remarks he's made, if you read his book, he really liked it at Benfica. And that was no doubt the best time of his life as a manager. Um, so those would be the pros if he comes back. He is going to make a lot of money. Apparently that's going to be a part of the deal. Um, and they're going to need to do that because the situation that he has in Brazil with Flamingo is a situation that very few managers have in terms of being adored by the supporters, putting together the results they have and knowing that you have a job as a manager at that club for a very long time. Sort of like what Jurgen Klopp has going with Liverpool where he's going to be there forever. You know, I mean, he's done so well. And they, they absolutely idolize him in Brazil. And let me tell you, if he leaves... 
he's going to anger a lot of people. You know, here he is making all that money. His assistants apparently make a lot of money. Some of them I heard make so much money that they make more money than a lot of managers right now in Liga Nosh. So he's got a good situation in Brazil. And if he leaves, he's going to upset a lot of people. Not to mention that he has a renewal that he, of course, has signed for another year. But then again, there's a buyer clause of a million, which in this situation really isn't a big deal. Um, But he's going to upset a lot of people. Um, I don't admit to following Brazilian domestic. I mean, I know about the national team, of course. Flamingo is a big, big club. They've got three to four to five times more social media followers on their accounts than Benfica does. Um, Of course, Brazil is a bigger country, but they have a humongous, humongous followers. And I've seen them, I think, from time to time being listed in terms of supporters as being one of the biggest, 10 biggest clubs in the world. So he has a very good situation in Brazil, but if he leaves, and if you look at some of the social media with Brazilians not liking the fact that he's being linked to Benfica, a lot of people are very upset about it. A lot of fans don't understand why he would leave as such a good situation at Brazil. But that seems to be the story, and we'll see if that in fact happens. That's going to be the big story in Portugal in the next week, the next two weeks, and possibly three weeks. Because Luis Felipe Vieira is going to look to get this done, especially before Itasa de Portugal. He's going to want Jorge Jesus to come in right after that and start building the team for next season. Because the way it looks, it looks like they're going to have to play Champions League preliminaries unless they manage to somehow turn it around. But it's a long shot. But it looks like they're going to have to play Champions League preliminary in a playoff in September, which means their season starts a little bit earlier compared to, you know, certainly their rivals, uh, Porto, who, are, who, if they win, are going to be in the Champions League groups automatically. And Sporting, if they keep third place, um, they automatically go to Europa. So they don't have to play any preliminaries. So it does mean them playing a lot earlier um, than usual. So that was why they would want uh, JJ to come back to uh, Portugal um, right away. Um, another topic I want to talk about is, of course, coronavirus in Portugal. Um, if Porto manages to win, whether it's on Tuesday night, if Benfica drops a point, that's a late match, by the way, 21-30 and 9-30 uh, kickoff. Or if Porto has to win or get a point on Wednesday when they play the Classico with Sporting, which is also a late match, 21-30 and 9-30. Um, if they manage to celebrate this week, they're going to be celebrating after midnight, the fans. And I don't know how many of you follow, as much as you follow the football, soccer, as many of you follow the news, but there is starting to be some concern in Portugal over the coronavirus. Um, you know, I had mentioned that there are some parts of Lisbon and the outskirts of Lisbon that have gone under some type of lockdown. And because of this, even though the problem tends to be just in that area and the Val de Tejo, um, there are some countries in Europe that have put Portugal on a warning list, telling their citizens that if they go to vacation in Portugal, then they come back. And this has been particularly true of England, um, that they're going to have to quarantine for two weeks. And that is hurting Portugal's tourism industry. So right now, the topic of coronavirus and doing everything you can to make sure that there is no clusters of cases, there are some people who are very concerned about these celebrations possibly causing some issues in Porto later. Because although the northern part of Portugal was a lot of problems in March, April, and May, that part of Portugal has really cleaned up and done very well. 
But there are those in the government that are still very concerned, the health authorities. Now, Porto, the city of Porto, they did have recently the Festa de San Juan. If you remember, they wanted to postpone the the derby between Porto and Boa Vista because they were concerned about a lot of fans going out in the street and just watching the game together. Um, that turned out to be much to do about nothing, and, and it didn't happen. But I think now that you're celebrating in a league title, there are some people that are concerned about it. So uh, we're going to see what happens. Um, you know, Portugal's economy is built on tourism, and there are two types of tourists, or I should say two type of people that are part of the tourism industry. The number one is the Portuguese immigrants, like many of you, whether you're from the States, whether you're from Canada, England, Switzerland, France, Germany, Belgium, Luxembourg, Andorra, some of the places, Australia, where a lot of Portuguese have emigrated to to find a better life. And then many people come back, especially during the summer. And a lot of those people you know, where it is this year, I know a lot of people that aren't going to Portugal this summer because there's some restrictions and that's going to hurt Portugal economically. And then you have this situation like what we have with England, as an example, that has basically said that if you come to Portugal and then you go back, you have to quarantine for two weeks. So that's kind of scaring a lot of people from England. And that is causing a big hurt to the tourism industry. The Portuguese government is working on it. Algarve doesn't have an issue. Medeira definitely doesn't have an issue. The Azores doesn't have an issue. Other parts of Portugal doesn't have an issue. But despite that, there are still countries that are putting Portugal on a warning list. So there is some concern over celebrations of Porto if they manage to win the title this week. The government would like fans to celebrate at home, but I don't think that's going to happen. All it takes is one person looking out their window, seeing somebody else celebrate, and they're all going to run into the street. So Bears watching that situation because that is of some concern to people at the highest levels um, in uh, Portugal. Um, Champions League draw came out on Friday. Of course, we know it's going to be in Lisbon. There are still some round of 16 matches to be played. But again, congratulations to Portugal uh, being ho- able to host those matches. Um, next topic, the tremendous story at sporting that continues. Ruben Amarim has yet to lose as sporting manager. And let me tell you something. When you are the president of a club in Portugal, winning solves a lot of problems. It just does. It really does. It solves a lot of problems. Five, six weeks ago, two, three months ago, before the pandemic hit, a lot of people wanted to run verandas out of town. These days, you can't even find verandas on a Google search because Everything is going right for sporting. The younger players are playing. They renewed with some players. Sporting right now is three points ahead of Braga, but doing very well for third place, which if they hold it would automatically qualify them for the Europa League. And they also pick up three million, not as much as the Champions League, but it is something. But the story of Ruben Amarin and how he continues to be undefeated in the Liga um, is just a tremendous story. And it'll be curious to see, by the way, if anybody this summer at the big clubs have taken notice of this and maybe make a move for him. Um, He's just doing too well for, you know, people are noticing. It's not like this is a a secret. Um, So it'll be very curious to see if that happens. Now, sporting is going to be tested. Ruben Amarin is going to be tested. They got this big Clasico on Wednesday night. Um, I liked what Ruben Amarin said, though, that he was glad that Porto hadn't won yet because he wanted to go to Dragon and play that match knowing that Porto really wanted to win. 
And he wants the players to experience that pressure because that's the only way they're going to get better. So I really love his psychology and the fact that he told that uh, to the press. But very tough match on Wednesday. They end the season uh, with the Derby against Benfica in the Luge. Um, And let me tell you, as much as people are happy now, things could turn very fast if they wind up losing these two matches. So certainly two big tests for Ruben Amarino Sporting. But at least as of today, if you're a sporting fan, like I said in my last podcast episode, you got to be really happy with what you're seeing. You got to be feeling really good about your future. And you also have to feel that if they add a few pieces that's sporting next year, um, I wasn't exaggerating in my last episode, you know, they have a shot to compete for the title next year. And um, certainly if they're playing the way they are now and Benfica doesn't improve, um, you know, and, and Porto, you know, they've played great certainly in the last six matches, but overall this year, they really haven't. You think that maybe Sporting might have a, a slight chance uh, to maybe make a run at it uh, next year. So that's going to be an interesting storyline for us to watch. Um, today is Friday, July the 10th. Um, Four-year anniversary of winning one Euro 2016. If you're a Portuguese fan, and obviously if you are, if you're listening to this podcast, one of the greatest times, days in our lives as fans. I remember in my Portuguese neighborhood seeing a bunch of people going to the cafe. Uh, a bunch of them had their red cups, and a guy opened up some champagne, and he poured it into each one, and they all took a drink to celebrate you knew that they had been waiting there for a long time. And then, you, of course, you had everybody out in the street celebrating, and it was great. At that day, it did not matter if you were Porto Sporting or Benfica, Braga, Guimarães, whatever it may be. That day, everybody celebrated all as one group united the title. And right now, we're still the defending champions because the Euro, of course, as you know, isn't until next summer. And I know that the national team, in case you haven't heard, will begin playing September the 5th. League of Nations starts. And we are also, of course, the defending champion in that. So this is a great time for the national team. Um, we haven't played. The national team hasn't played since November. Think about that for a minute. They haven't played since November. But they will be playing in uh, September. And obviously the fact that the Liga Nosh has been able to play and there haven't been many issues only breeds a lot of conf- uh, confidence that the national team will also be able to play in the fall. So... Of course, we're also looking forward to that. And we also have all the memory of Edder when he scored the winning goal. But another memory that a lot of people don't talk about, and I think it deserves to be shared. And and maybe it's just a cultural thing, but usually people, when they make predictions in sports and it comes true, especially if they win a big championship, they become a legend. And I think Fernando Santos is a legend. But Fernando Santos, after the second group match, if I recall correctly, won one against Austria and Paris. Somebody asked him, was he already thinking about going back home to Portugal? And he said, no, I'm not going back to Portugal until July the 11th. So I'm not even thinking about going back now. I'm only planning on going back July the 11th. And if you could read through that, that meant he knew that they were going to win and that he really wanted people to know that that's what they were thinking about. And of course, you know, look what happened. It wasn't easy starting off the groups with three draws, but it in fact did happen. So much like you, a great day, almost like a holiday every July the 10th. And today it almost felt like a holiday for me as well. Um, want to wrap up this podcast, uh, not necessarily talking about Portuguese football, but it is nevertheless football soccer. Uh, glad to see Major League Soccer back in the United States. I know they had an issue with one of the teams uh, with testing, but um, 
They are back. They are playing again. Sports is almost back. The NBA players are starting to train. Major League Baseball, I know that's more of a North American thing, but they're going to be playing in less than two weeks. The hockey, which I know a lot of people love, especially in North America and in Canada, they've already announced their schedule apparently, and they're going to be back to playing soon. So we've got our Liga Norge back. We want to see our other big leagues come back. And uh, I just wanted to congratulate the guys over at Major League Soccer for getting this up and running. And I want to continue to wish them the best of luck down there in Florida. And hopefully they uh, continue to uh, make it and they're able to finish, much like hopefully where looks like we're going to be able to do in Portugal with the Liga Nosh. Folks, take care of yourselves. Please wear your masks. And I'll talk to you next time. <laughs>